Welcome to the Landmark Theatre's Q&A podcast. In this episode, we'll hear two Q&As following sneak preview screenings of Portrait of a Lady on Fire at the Landmark in Los Angeles. The first featuring director Celine Siama and actors Noemi Merlant and Adele Hanel, moderated by Tracy Gilchrist of The Advocate. And the second featuring director Celine Siama and cinematographer Claire Maton, moderated by Janelle Riley of Variety. Hi. Uh, I'm Tracy Gilchrist, I'm the feminism editor for The Advocate, and I wonder if you might give one more major round of applause for Portrait of a Lady on Fire. That's right. That's right. So in that spirit, I would like to welcome director and writer Celine Siama. And next we have Noemi Merlin who played Marianne. Adele Enel, who played Eloise. <laughs> All right. I, th- I think we're done. to start really easy, I, I hope. Um, so I saw all these wonderful photos of the three of you at the Golden Globe Awards. And um, I wonder, was that your first um, major American awards show? And how was it? Well, I went to the Oscars with my life as a zucchini, oh, yeah. as a very discreet screenwriter <laughs> in the room. But so yeah, it was, I mean, it was the first for in, in our name. Mm-hmm. And we did good photos. They were great. (laughs) It was worth it for the photos. Of course. (laughs) Um, So we spoke on the phone uh, in early December, so you may find some of these questions are, uh, you've heard them before. Well, my answers you heard also, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they were so good that I feel everyone should hear them. So first, I wonder if you would just share with us uh, your inspiration for this beautiful film about women that is unlike any other I've ever seen. Um, well, that's part of the inspiration to actually make something new and and to put on this big screen uh, a story that hasn't been told yet, or on not in that way, or not uh, or not for a long time. Um, so, really wanted to to write a love story to dedicate a whole film to love story to how love is born to to the rise of desire and to and also to the memory of a love story to the politics of a love story and also wanted to talk about women artists um, showing um, an artist at work um, and um, and decided to make it a period piece because if a story hasn't been told yet it definitely belongs to the present um, and to be to have the challenge of um, making the most contemporary film possible with a story set in the past. That was kind of the three things 
that were on my mind and that I worked around for 15 years before I put this on the screen. It's not true. <laughs> it's not true. <laughs> um, when we spoke, uh, I believe you mentioned that you had Adele in mind uh, when you were working on the film. Uh, so Adele, I wonder if you would speak to uh, what your reaction was when you first saw this script um, for Portrait of a Lady on Fire and just your general reaction. Well, um, Celine uh, won when Best Script at the Cannes Film Festival. So my first impression was the script was good and it was confirmed. <laughs> so... <laughs> No, but just, I was like, I was very pleased. I mean, we worked, uh, we did our first uh, feature together, uh, Celine and I, so then we didn't work together for like 10, 12 years, something. And so there was kind of a big pressure because I really, anyway, uh, there was a pressure. <laughs> and, but I must, say, I must say that the script fulfilled my uh, attempt expectations uh, and I, w I think uh, what I loved also about the script it was also it was the beauty of it the complexity of it but also the fact that it was a promise of working together it was also a just um, a sign of confidence from Celine it was of trust sorry <laughs> I'm making like such a French mistake sorry so well that was my impression. I said, uh, let's go to work now. So, yeah. Great, thank you. And Noemi, I wonder if you would talk a little bit about your reaction when you first read the script and how it moved you. So yeah, I thought it was a, a good uh, script, as uh, Adele <laughs> said. <laughs> and what? In the Cannes Film Festival as well. No, I was... Uh, as Celine said, it, it, it was like, okay, that's something I never read, read or seen. Uh, it's something that I felt that we've missed, uh, like uh, this uh, uh, painters, women that have been erased from the, the the history. You know, it's like there's the story of women. We miss a lot of things, like the abortion scene. I I, do, I never see that. So and um, and this this love story and the feeling of the love story and the and the memory of a love story like all the details were in the script already, so it was so intense because of these details, uh, this the gay the looks the breathe everything was already here and I was you know feeling it and that was really strong. Great, that was great. Uh, well, you touched on so many things that I was going to ask, so <laughs> I, will, I will go that way. Um, not to go into it too too quickly, but um, you know, obviously this is a love story, but this is also uh, a story about female solidarity, and I really love the relationship between uh, your characters and um, Sophie. So beautiful how it's as though she she's aware of this affair that's happening and is just allowing that and then the, your characters um, help her with this you know very important um, situation that she has and then not only that but as Noemi said that you document it and you reclaim it for women who didn't have that um, so I just wonder Celine if you would speak a little bit about the power in reclaiming 
those voices for women who weren't able to do it because they couldn't paint. Well, the, the film is set at this particular moment, the second half of the 18th century, because it was actually a very um, flourishing moment with a very strong, for women artists, women painter. Um, and there were hundreds of them uh, throughout Europe, France, and there were even some here. Um, and, um, and, you know, we always told, like, women progress or women's opportunity is, 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 is like growing, getting better. And actually, when I discovered, not discovered because I was just, I was ignorant, when I learned um, uh, about this moment of, of art history where there were so many women painting, um, painter, I, 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 it really feels like it's mostly about cycles, like we have opportunities and then we have backlash, like we're living a moment where we have opportunity, we're, we're kind of going through a cultural shift, but we also experience backlash very quickly and strong resistance. Um, so I wanted to, to, to talk about that, but also to show what has been missing uh, if, because of women not being able to express themselves. Of course, beautiful pieces of art, um, some of them that have been made and that we don't have access to, some that have never been made. Um, but also, mostly, the, the legacy, the transmission of our intimacy, because that's what's happening when there is no art. We are missing the transmission of not only our history, but our intimacies. We don't have the book that tells about the heart and the desire of a woman of the 18th century. We have one, I mean, written by women and, and truly committed to their experience. We have very few. Um, I got lost. <laughs> I got lost I got, listening to you. I got you lost. sounded so good. Um, no, I, got I totally could add lost. something, Celine. Yeah, please want. do. Yeah. Thank you. No, I don't know, but uh, it's maybe not your idea, but it's mine, so I'm going to yes. tell it. <laughs> it's just like. Totally what respect your ideas. What I think, yeah. So, what I think, what, because what Celine says is the fact that we miss women uh, art history is also a way to say that we miss the, the, the fact that uh, the male point of view is relative. Relative, you know? So, uh, because relative is not in French. But I think this is the, the fact that the, um, that the male point of view is not a neutral point of view. We don't have, I mean, now we have this cultural shift that we, because of the female girls, here it's not the same, but in France it's just really new. And, but we are not used to the fact that actually it is uh, a located point of view, how to say that? No? Look, that the male point of view is a located point of view. I think this is also what we miss, missing the, the woman um, history of art, you know? So that was my idea. So. Oh, thank you. Uh, Noemi, because you had to play the artist, and I know that you did some preparation around that, would you talk a little bit about um, how you prepared to um, paint? Uh, so it's not me who is uh, <laughs> <laughs> painting. Uh, I, I mean, I did some uh, portraits of uh, Adele, mm -hmm. but it was more like uh, uh, Bacon or Picasso or, you know, something <laughs> like that. <laughs> because I was using the right end, mm -hmm. because Hélène Delmer, who is doing the painting, is uh, uh, right-handed, right -handed, yeah. and I'm left-handed, so it was a bit... Uh, <laughs> Weird, but um, um, so I I, I work uh, before the shooting. I uh, spend time with uh, Hélène and Celine and uh, observing her a lot, 
um, and try to catch the 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 gaze of the painter. I would say the yeah the gaze of the painter was like I felt a really particulate gaze. Like she was talking a lot about uh, about that uh, between you know really concentrated kind of mystic sometime and. And uh, and to try to find this rhythm also between the, you know, the gaze on the model and the gaze on the canvas, and then the rhythm of the, you know, the steps, the gesture, the steps towards the canvas, the steps backs. You know, it was kind of a dance, and I was trying to, to find mine, um, my hands. Uh, so that was the, you know, the most. Uh, Big, biggest part of the preparation for the, the artist. Yeah. Great, thank you. Um, something that really strikes me about this film, uh, it's so, I mean, it's so layered, and uh, something that queer people have done for years is, is hide, and you know, kind of look away, and, um, and then you baked that into the narrative of the story, because Mariana's there, um, and it's a secret. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of, just a, a commentary. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about that layering of um, how queer people especially have had to hide who they are and then how you just made that part of the narrative. It's just so wonderful. Well, I mean, when you look at the, the position of the two characters, Marianne has more opportunities than Eloise. Whether Eloise is in a, has money, she's an aristocrat and she, she's straight, so it seems that everything is okay. Uh, but uh, uh, I mean, As she's in a well, she's in a very worse position, I think. So it's okay. It's about reclaiming the queer, narr the lesbian narrative. Uh, but reclaiming the lesbian narrative is also saying we lived our life fully. We were activists. We had more opportunity because we were less of women than straight women because we were escaping from a lot of things: maternity, marriage. She's a painter. She, she's, going on, she's going on with her life. So reclaiming the queer narrative is about saying, yeah, we had to, to be silent, we had to have double lives, we had to live hidden. But it's also about we had other opportunities. If you look at the fight for women's rights, it was also led by lesbian. If you, I mean, you know. So it's also life that we are fully lived and they, are, they, they have been silenced because they were dangerous, because it was a different program. So that's also what the film is reclaiming. It's not all, all, only about shame and secret and silence, although as you have to go through this because of society. It's also about being powerful and about living your life fully, not being um, constrained by uh, sharing the life with men. So it's also about this island that we create for ourselves and you know sometimes life could be better no i mean you know, we, oh, we should say it also <laughs> you don't have to tell me <laughs> <laughs> yeah um in in regard to the relationship i and the two of you are adele especially those moments when you your character kind of catches her looking um, I wonder if you could, it, they're just so lovely, and I wonder if you could speak to the rapport between you and how you developed that um, kind of return of the gaze. Mm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
Well, no, I, 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 must, I can't speak a lot about acting, but um, in this way, I must say, I think about acting as about uh, like a sport to me. And the fact that, uh, for example, Noemi and I, before the shooting, we didn't uh, knew uh, each other. We really met on the set. And to me, is a very good way to meet somebody because when you meet somebody while acting, is meeting her in, in the pure present. And in the fact that she don't, doesn't even know, I mean, well, anyway, what, what I mean, the fact, the way she responded to me is uh, she didn't even knew it before she did it, you know, so it's a way that we discover one another together. Anyway, so I think we worked, we worked with the, uh, around the gaze with a lot of, uh, with a playful way of acting. So I was always trying to surprise a bit Noemi well, just because uh, I wanted to, to see how she would re react to some different propos proposal or stuff. So, and I think we worked with a lot of love and respect for each other and a lot of joy. And I think this is something that is very important also in the movie. The fact that we were serious, but we were joyful and it brings something else more alive, so let's say. Right, well, there's also so much, there's a lot of humor and it's really loving and, and sweet. Um, so I appreciate that um, piece of the film as well. Um, Noemi, I wonder if you could speak a little bit about working with Adele and how you kind of form a, a working bond. Um, but she said a lot, like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it, it was like that, it was, uh, uh, I was uh, a, a lot uh, observing her, like, who is this? Like I, I knew Adele on, on on screen, and she was really impressing me uh, as a, an actress. And for me, she was really I had this feeling that she was really intense, and she she is. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, on set since the beginning, I was really like observing her as Marianne, and I was okay with this uh, curious uh, bird, you know, <laughs> and. Uh, and she was, uh, <laughs> yeah, bird because I, I, I uh, because of the cape, the big cape, you know, this is from the beginning. But she was seeing the cape like uh, as a, how do you Intergalactic emperor. Yeah, for her it was, for me it was kind of, a, a, you know, a bird, a really I was mysterious, into, and yeah. she was into the Star Wars kind of movie. And so. <laughs> We were discovering each other like that, like we had two different, uh, like imaginary imagination, and it, it was like a lot of fun. And yeah, it, it's time we every as I said, everything was written, all the details, like the the looks, the breathing, the breath, the the gesture, like. But each time we were finding our freedom in this, because each time I knew that she was looking at me, she will look at me, but I never knew how. And <laughs> so it was really funny to, okay, uh, wow, okay, I, I didn't expect this, so it was, you know, this kind of... Uh, mm. Thank you. That was great. Um, so uh, I know that a lot of people have, well, you've mentioned, we've all talked about the gays several times already, and in the... Um, in, over the past few years, the uh, kind of search to define the female gaze has been on counter to the male gaze, which was defined in the 70s. Um, in my humble opinion, this film comes closer than any narrative film I've ever seen. 
Um, and I think you do that. Yeah, I'm going to make a statement. <laughs> it's done now. We can move on to something else. <laughs> but when I spoke with you, um, you know, we, we talked about the fact that there's this egalitarian exchange of, of looks. We talked about the fact that there's no, um, there's no um, traditional sex scene, which is great. It's this deconstructed, um, very intimate and kind of humorous um, sex scene or, you know, assemblage. Um, so, <laughs> so um, and you said this really beautiful thing about how there are only subjects in the film. So I wonder if you could kind of um, speak to that and what the female gaze means to you. Um, well, female gaze, I mean, male gaze cinema is built on male gaze cinema, is basically propaganda for male gaze. Um, it's the art built around male gaze. So male gaze is convention. Yeah. I think we can say that. So female gaze would be departing from convention. So female gaze is not only about not objectifying a character, because that's not that hard. <laughs> well, it is, I mean... You think. It is because you have to write uh, somebody as a subject, and that is work. But you know, so but it's not about I'm not going to show you naked or something like. It's just female gaze is about sharing the experience of the character with a female <laughs> or or a male, um, um, sharing the experience of the character, everybody's subject, and female gaze is an opportunity to. Um, to to bring new entertainment, new emotion, because it's not something theoretical or cold or something about moral, you know. I think the our sex scene is cool. I think if I do that, suddenly you're kind of, ooh. <laughs> what is she doing in front of us? <laughs> so, I'm doing it. I'm doing it right now. Okay. Um, <laughs> Hi, you always find new jokes, it's crazy. Um, <laughs> especially here. Um, so it's, um, yeah, it's about, it's about bringing new narrative on screen, and that could seem like a bit theoretical, but no, like for instance, the fact that this love story relies on strong equality means that the scenes are not gonna be built around conflict. So we are departing from the narrative of conflict, and we basically live in narrative of conflict. We are being told a lot also by your culture, that a good scene, because you have the culture of screenwriting, we don't, we are inspired, um, uh, that a good scene is a good bargain. Somebody doesn't want something, doesn't want to give something, the other doesn't want it, and in the end, it's okay. Like, a lot of scenes appear like that. Mm -hmm. If you depart from that narrative, you create a new tension, because equality is full of surprises. Mm -hmm. That's what equality brings. It seems like it's boring, it seems like it's gonna be, you know, equality, inclusivity, they bring surprise. They bring new tension in the room that is not built around conflict. Um, so it can be more new and more entertaining <laughs> because surprise is entertaining. You know, I'm always, it's quite simple. It's not about being intellectual or being, you know, they, they always try to make it boring. And we try to make, like, there is, nobody has more humor than a feminist. <laughs> nobody. Um, so, yeah. People I work with would probably argue with, <laughs> with me because I, you know, I'm because you're not fun. I mean, <laughs> or because you're not a feminist. <laughs> I don't know. 
No, but I mean, yeah. so I can't define female gaze as a set of rules. It's just that we know the rule of male gaze, and basically trying to do something else already is more fun. But you know, we, we have to be synthetic, so I can't, I can't, I, you got it. But like for instance, the fact that trying to work around the fact that um, consentment is sexy, well, that was something that I wanted to work around. Like, okay, so consentment is sexy, so how do you port, um, embody that? For instance, the kiss scene is all about how do you make consentment look sexy? And the fact that they both have scarves on their lips and that they itch, that they, they unveil their, mo their mouth like they would open their corsage or that would, it, that's a yes, that's two yes, and that's hot. <laughs> yes? Yes and yes. yes. I feel like we probably have to wrap up soon, but I, <laughs> I do want to um, be sure to ask, I mean, you're, not to just repeat your resume, but for those who don't know, uh, Celine has directed Water Lilies, Tomboy, <laughs> Girlhood, and they all um, speak to marginalized groups of people. And then I know Adele was in Water Lilies, and also, one of my favorite films, Beats Per Minute, or BPM, I'm not sure which we're, yes, which we're yeah. calling it. Um, and I wonder if you, and this film is prestige cinema for um, lesbians, and I, I think that it's still so important, and I wonder if you would talk a little bit about what it means to you to continue to give stories to people who may not be here in Los Angeles, who need to see stories like this and what that means to uh, all of you, if you would, to be able to put that out there for people. I'm, I'm, we can't, I think, we, can't, we don't choose our passions. Um, and I'm glad, we, I'm glad that I am totally obsessed with uh, cinema and politics and because it gives me so much opportunity to, to make new art. Um, so yeah, it's I, it's, I think you should also see it. You know, it's not a duty. It's, of course, it's a responsibility, but it's not, a, um, we're campaigning. I mean, campaigning for cinema is campaigning for representation. This is all great opportunity for campaigning for art, new forms, new emotions, and new, and new society. Because uh, it makes you know making culture is, is is trying to change the world. When you know we're always like, there's always this kind of modesty. Like when we ask like, can movies change the world? Everybody's like, no, no, no. <laughs> well, I'm not saying it, it can. I'm saying we should think we should we should believe that it can. Because it's like asking, can culture change culture? And yes, of course, culture can change culture. So we are happy to be doomed because we, we have to go on with bringing lights in dark rooms, or mostly getting in dark, dark rooms to see the light. Thank you. Thank you. And oh, I was going to ask if either one of you wanted to say something about making these kinds of films. Um, well, I think uh, I personally find always political my way or to art. Mm -hmm. But uh, that's the way, for me, this is the order, you know, politics, then art. Because I think, but it's just a bit stuff, but it's just like, I want to say two stuff. First is that I think the lack of political imagination 
is not only restrained into political, it's a lack of imagination. C'est tout, you know what I mean? It's like, it's a lack of imagination, so it doesn't bring a good film. Like, recycle, recycling cliché is not a good start for a movie, you know? So I would say, as an artist, I won't pick this kind of movie. And, and also, I'm kind of feminist myself, so... I just, um, <coughs> thank you. Right. Uh, <laughs> school to say that and to be like, where? Only okay. country where this happens. <laughs> it's not <laughs> happening by us. So thank you for that. Um, no, well. And I think, that as Celine said, you know, I think actually culture, it's not only that it changed the world, but it, it creates the world. I mean, so economy creates the future. There's not like a future. It's like the, cre the future we create. So uh, what is, I think that the movies that makes me the more alive is the best way to choose movie. And they are most of the time, they have this kind of political background in a way or form or I don't know how to say that. But I think it's a responsibility and it brings a lot of excitation. It brings, voila, it brings a, a involvement. I don't know how to say that. There's libido in politics. Yeah. All right. Well, I am. Uh, I, f I feel the pressure that I, I think we need to wrap Sorry. up. Um, although I'm sad, I know you're all sad. Uh, but I want to thank uh, Celine, Noemi, and Adele for being here, and thank you to all of you. Tell your thank friends you. about the film. Tell everyone to see this film. Good evening, everyone. My name is Janelle Riley. I'm so, so thrilled to be here for this screening of this very special movie. Okay. Um, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. This film already won the Queer Palm and Best Screenplay at the Cannes Film Festival. And it has already been nominated for Critics' Choice, Independent Spirit, and Golden Globe Awards. Please join me in welcoming writer-director Celine Siama and cinematographer Claire Mathon. There's no elegant way to get in these chairs. I apologize. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for being here. Congratulations on a beautiful movie. Um, whenever I have someone as accomplished as you both are, I actually like to go back to the beginning. And, and what was your first job in this business, the first time you felt you could call yourself a director or a DP? Sorry, cinematographer, I should say. <laughs> you want me to start? Um, well, I was lucky enough. Uh, to to consider myself a director when I directed a film, <laughs> which I did pretty early because yeah. I wrote uh, my first original script at the film school, and I shot this film as my first feature film, which was Water Lilies. That was your first film. You didn't do a short or anything no. like that. Before? No. Wow. So it's kind of unusual, and um, I just yeah, I just discovered my job doing it and also discovering that I loved it very yeah. much. So I'm a very good example of, but also not a good example. No, that's a great example. Yeah. That's the way it should be done. Claire, what about for you? Uh, it's, it takes a little bit more time to, to be a cinematographer, but uh, <laughs> I, I was pretty, uh, pretty young. I, I have done my first film as uh, cinematographer in a 
2006. So, and I'm pretty young, so I was pretty young too. <laughs> and it's... Was it a feature film? Yes, it was my oh first wow. feature film. It's called Pardonnez-moi, Forgive Me. Oh, okay, cool. That's, I mean, has it come out over here, do you know? Could we find it? It's a film made by Mai Wen, who made Police also, oh, yeah. who made, yeah, who was in the Cannes Film Festival, so yes, I'm yes, sure you can. It's her first feature. Oh, wow, yeah. that sounds great. Um, so getting to A Portrait of a Lady on Fire, I, I, I know we've seen films before where male artists sort of reflect on a woman who inspired them, but I feel like this is something really unique. And I'm curious, what was the initial spark for the idea of this film? Was it an image? Was it a line? Was it the story? Well, first it was a whole concept of very simple, candid concept of, I want to write a love story and I want to dedicate a film to love. Um, because I feel it's the film that hits us the most, and but there are very few that are actually getting made, you know? Um, so I wanted to, yeah, to dedicate a film to love. Um, and then there were some, yeah, images, sometimes a line, sometimes like images like the character will be set on fire, uh, a line like don't regret remember, um, a beach in Brittany and it would be gray, but it was sunny, so this shit happens. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you welcome it with a talented person by your side, it's, it's good news. Um, so then, yeah, for several years, I must say, I gathered impression, desire, not try to be too mechanical about storytelling, not thinking too much about the plot, but thinking about building an architecture of desire. Mm. And then from that, building a plot so that the film would be full of uh, very needed, wanted images so that, so that then I could hand my desire to my collaborators so that they would take care of it with their own desire. And Claire, you're having an amazing year. She was named Best uh, Director of Photography by LAFCA, uh, which is why she's in town, so we should be glad that they, they brought her out here. Not just for this movie, but for Atlantics. Yes. Which, if you haven't seen, is on Netflix now, and it is beautiful. Um, what attracted you to this project specifically? <laughs> Now uh, I get to know. Celine, Celine. No, when I read the script, I was very touched. Sure, very. It's full of sensitivity, and I was very, very touched. Even if I read the script, I'm sure. And I, I feel there is. It's a it's a world to to create. It's um, not only because if there is many links with the painting, of course, but uh, it's it's really a, a new territory. I mean, it's a new <laughs> new images to imagine, and it feels wow. It's <laughs> no, it's uh, it's very. Rare mm -hmm. to to be here to to read that kind of script. So I'm curious, and just because it's right behind us, we have this stunning image here. Is that something that like came into your head, and then you had to put it into words? And you know, was that I, I don't know if you, you know you read the script, but you must have had conversations about not just how you would pull this off, but what it looked like. And is this exactly as you imagined it? 
No, because, I mean, cinema is ideas. So, of course, you imagine ideas, but it's like, it's, I think it's appetite for, appetite for images, but you, it's not about fetishizing something that, is, that hasn't been done mm -hmm. yet. So I can't say it's what I had in, I mean, I didn't have that image in mind. Yeah. I had the idea of actually setting the character on fire. Um, and and that that was a compass, that was an ambition. And of course I knew that it was Adele, so I could imagine him a bit. I mean, actually, you know, setting somebody on fire is not something you can imagine. No. You know. <laughs> or you shouldn't. <laughs> um, so that's that's what I love about cinema is that you can be really radical with your desire and your mm -hmm. ideas, but still, uh, it's about the it's about the work you're gonna put up together, yeah. and then at some point it's about the present. So you have to en you get to enjoy all the pleasure of this, the anticipation, uh, the desire for some for an image, and at some point it happens, and it's not about an accident. It, it's everything. It's something that has been planned, but still it's full of life. So you can't anticipate yeah. it's going to look like that. But you can dream about it so much and still get surprised. That's, mm -hmm. the, that's the beauty of this job, I think. Uh, this movie is set in the 1700s, but obviously it feels way too current <laughs> in so many ways. Uh, did you always know it would be a period piece? Well, yes, because I wanted to talk about the art of portrayal and, and well, that's all about, uh, I didn't want to talk about cinema. Yeah. I didn't want to, you know, I wanted to talk about cinema, obviously, but I didn't want to talk frontally about cinema. And, and the art of portrayal is, 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 has a lot to do with this yeah. time period. And also, um, I wanted to show an artist at work, really at work with concrete actions, you know, so usually in cinema we get to choose uh, people who write literature because it's easy to do. <laughs> um, so I wanted to go deep yeah. into this and show somebody at work, and it's so that it wouldn't be about the final art. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't care about the painting in a way. Like when it's done, we're not even kind of looking at it. Only like she looks at it when it's done, and it's just, and so. But to us, it's not about oh, is this beautiful? It's about oh shit, this story is over. Yeah. So to put, I mean, to, yeah, to look at somebody at work that was, and so painting seemed perfect for that. And then I chose that particular moment, really about because it's about heart history, because portrait was high at that moment, also because of the rise of bourgeoisie that would then lead to the French mm -hmm. Revolution. And and also because um, there was a, a, um, a lot of women painters at that time, hundreds of them, and I was totally ignorant about that, uh, because we are we all are, because they have all been erased from mm -hmm. art history. So mm -hmm. when I learned about this, I was like, oh, this has to be precisely at that moment, and we are gonna be really accurate about these women, work with the sociologist of the art to actually like, create this character uh, to to represent them all. Yeah. Claire, I read a great interview where you said that you sort of wanted to create your own 18th century um, and give it a contemporary resonance. How, how did you go about achieving that? I mean, I think when you see it, it's obvious, but how did you set out to make that happen? Uh, recreate. <laughs> we imagine it, but no, it, it was the, the main, I think it was one of the main question of the image it's how to to find the good balance between epoch 
souvenir, remind and uh, present because when I begin to speak with, spoke to Céline about the film, what is important is uh, a, a presence, it's incarnation uh, for, for, for today. They have to be, we have to be in with her in the film. It's more important to be, uh, it's present. It's kind of the present of this epoch. And uh, that's why the, the, the main difficult things to, to find, it was the, the balance between epoch and present, I, I, can I could say. Uh, earlier, you mentioned Adele, who plays Heloise, um, who I know you've worked with, I believe, twice before this movie? Once. Oh, okay. I thought mm -hmm. you'd done three films together for some reason. No. Uh, did you write it with her in mind? Oh, yes. I wrote it with her in mind, definitely. And then she has such amazing chemistry with Noemi. I, I'm, I'm curious. To I wrote the chemistry, too. <laughs> <laughs> did you? Did, yeah, they don't get along at all. <laughs> Did they ever like screen test together or did you just know that it would work? No, they definitely okay. screen test together. I met Noemi f um, in the process of casting and, and I met her by myself first with the casting director. Um, and I, I was giving her the line. So I was the model and she was the painter. So we were already playing with this cool power dynamic, you know, and I was, so I was like, and she was like, and um, she made a very strong impression on me, but um, it's definitely, with, so we call her back, yeah. and we saw with Adele, and that's definitely when I saw the two of them in the frame. Like, like my heart was racing because it, I felt like this is new. Mm. Of course, because this chemistry is new. Yeah. They had this, and at, at that moment, I totally under, I kind of understood what I was looking for. That's. That's what the process of casting is also. It's not only about finding the right person. It's about understanding what you're looking for. And I, they had this strong, had this strong sense of equality. They have the same height, which is really important in cinema. Otherwise, you would have put men on boxes when they are smaller than women. They have the same age. Strong physical contrast that create this iconic duo. Very big intensity. And I was like, oh. This equality is full of surprise. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. New tension in the room that is not based on that is based on this harmony. And like, really, I didn't even look at my casting director. I like, I cut the camera because I was filming very badly, and <laughs> and I adopted. I was like, this is for you. It was obvious. Really? Yeah. And I'm not a romantic person. As you can see. <laughs> uh, did you, did the two of you always know that there would be these long, beautiful, lingering takes and, you know, these long gazes at each other? Or is that something that sort of came about when you, when you saw them in a room together? Well, the, the film, the plot of the film, the film is a slow burn and it's definitely built around being, uh, around the rise of desire. It's, yes, it's about love, but it takes the time to look at desire, which is something that is rarely filmed. You know mm -hmm. what it's like to film desire. So the, f but I didn't know. I mean, so the rhythm is about the, the different steps. It's about the delay you decide that you're yeah. gonna take with, with. Um, I mean, even with. Um, I'm losing my English. I'm gonna find it back. 
Does anyone speak German in the room? No. Um, they kiss after an hour and 20 minutes. That's right. That's a good way to, to see it. So taking all these steps. So it was really carefully written, but then the rhythm we definitely created on the set. Mm -hmm. And the fact that those gazes were, I mean, I felt passionate about them. And I was like, oh, this is strong tension. Yeah. And so the film, because the film is very, f it has only 69 scenes, which is, it's just, it's not much. And the script was only 19 pages, which means actually an hour and a half. But after like two weeks, three weeks of shooting, we, we knew it would be like two hours long. Really? <laughs> because, yeah, because we were enjoying this yeah. rhythm. And also because we wanted to create that rhythm. We're not being enslaved to the performance of the mm -hmm. actresses. We are definitely creating this melody together. And it felt right to be, yeah, patient and to believe in also at some point a rush of blood that, that the film would go faster in a weird way. And Claire, what was the most challenging scene for you to shoot? I don't want to say hardest, maybe the one you enjoyed the most, the biggest challenge. I know you're shooting in candlelight for some of this. <laughs> Are you allowed every, to say? Everything. <laughs> I don't know. It was all challenging. No. Um, yes, perhaps. Perhaps can yes, perhaps perhaps candles, mm -hmm. um, because we feel that uh, we have to to light them. To always, I work with a soft light. With uh, it's it's not a, a film with face in the dark in the dark and and when you try when you begin to light them to to find this soft and satiny and look on the face and the film is very a film about the faces about uh, faces like landscapes so you can't put in in the dark and when you see that uh, there is many scenes where just one candle yeah. and she has to be <laughs> light and uh, <laughs> you see it, it seems to be difficult and you have to to have the truth to say I continue to sublimate her face, but there's just like a, a small candle in in the shot, and <laughs> it 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 yes, yeah. I, I felt it it was hard, but I'm I I feel there is so many things to help us to to continue to keep mystery and to keep contrast mm -hmm. and to keep many other things to help and, and the belief is it's cinema, it's not at all naturalist, even if we have to believe that there is one candle or only one fire and it's, it's enough to light everything. But, uh, and um, we, feel, we feel free and com comfortable. What is the most important that they were Gorgeous, Albert. Yeah, oh, Albert. they look so. Everyone is going to want you to shoot them from here on out. Like, could you do my wedding photos? <laughs> I have to get married first. Uh, I do want to take some questions from the audience. If you have one, just raise your hand. Sure, we'll start right down here in front. Question about the bonfire scene and everything that went into it, from the choreography to the music. To so, the bonfire scene, I think, comes at first from this because I had this idea of setting the character on fire and then also setting the title on fire as a compass, as an ambition, not to be too metaphorical, but to embody actually a passion. 
Um, um, so at some point I was like, okay, so she has this, she has to be set on fire. So how can we make this epic and not just like we're in the kitchen and like I got fire, which would be. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I thought, oh, this could be. It should. There should be a big fire, and 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 so maybe there could be a gathering. And I was like, ah, anyway, I want to talk a little bit about witches, because you know I want to convoke the fact that I want to tell about the fact that witches were actually wise women, botanists, doctors, uh, hanging around. There was a fire because you know what they hanged around outside, and it was cold. Um, the fact that they were, yeah, the fact, it's like, a, yeah, it's like a party, yeah. you know, to embody friendship, the fact that, and the fact that they would fly would mean that they would get high, all that we know about witches, all that they decided to burn, that's what they decided to burn. So I wanted to make this very naturalistic scene about witches, um, and so, but also to convoke the imaginary within witches, so the song would embody that. And also even the song would be, because it, they played it live, but then we decided to mix it with this take we did in studio, so that it would become not naturalistic at all. But regarding the what we did with the image, we really decided to make it naturalistic and very modest in a way. It's only six shots. I think, wow, really? and and all the shots we did, they are in there. You know, the editing is like really modest, and we were modest about this. It's like they arrive, it's a long take, and you see the extras, and it's like, okay, this is a party. Then it's shot, reverse shot, and closer shot, reverse shot. They smile at each other for the first time. Yes, we resisted that urge, <laughs> and then. She's just on fire, that's the sixth shot. And then there's this very weird cut between the two scenes that was written. So we basically just shot what we were, we decided that we would, which is, I mean, I'm not saying, I don't know if it's good news, but <laughs> um, you can make an epic, you, we, we had a strong ambition for that scene, but it's only, like very few shots, very few takes that are modest. And it's also combining all the tools of cinema because this has a lot to do with the image, the special effects, but that, that, that we do like, that, like they would have done a hundred years ago. Uh, you know, she actually setting the actress on fire. That's also very modest in a way. It's dangerous, but modesty can be really mm. dangerous. Um, and this, and also to craft a song, to invent a song, which I think is also very candid, you know, uh, to take that risk, you know, to and to create the anthem for your film. Um, so this has been a scene that we kn we knew it was at the center of everything, but still it's totally different from. I mean, it's isolated. It's in, and it's a turning point. Because after that, things will never be the same. And even the pace of the film is changing after that. Uh, like suddenly, it's a rush. Yeah. Like I know because I've been watching a lot of the ending of the film. And like <laughs> those last 40 minutes, they feel like 20. Whereas the last, the, the, the previous hour and a half felt like four. No, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I would love to take one from the back. Sure, right about there. The main lesson you want them to take from the relationship in the film. Well, I don't want to give lessons, you know. Um, but still, we are making political cinema. 
because cinema is always political. You know? uh, but we are activists for cinema. And um, when you make a film about love, you're producing, you're telling something that is very democratic because we are lo all looking for that. Um, so basically, really wanting to present also the lesbian imaginary, a different power dynamic, a different kind of relationship, and also departing from the idea that um, you know it's either a tragic love story or a frozen image of two people living in a car, just married, lang lang lang, tin cans. One is traumatic, the other one, you live in the room. You're not taking with, at home with you. The frozen image of the two people getting married doesn't help you at all to go through life. And the other one breaks you. So, <laughs> yeah. Trying to, to depart from those two things and really thinking that um, a love story is complete if it's if it gives you emancipation. So it's not about eternal possession or eternal not being together. Trying to bring a new politics of love on screen. Um, so what I want you to take, I want you to feel free within that imaginary to feel welcome, and mostly I want you to connect with yourselves, which is. Um, also modest in a way, you know, it's not about, I'm not sending messages here, I'm proposing an experience, an experiment, and, um, and it's a prototype. But you know, prototypes sometimes they become, I mean, at some point, you know, up, uh, the iPhone was a prototype. <laughs> what I would love is if you could all spread the word about this movie and let people know that it's in theaters now and they can check it out. Um, you will be at the LA Film Critics Awards tomorrow. You already know you've won, so that's gotta be nice. <laughs> We've got the winner. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you guys for being a great audience. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Landmark Theaters Q&A podcast. If you want to hear more conversations with filmmakers about the latest independent, foreign, and documentary films opening at Landmark Theatres, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app or visit our podcast website at landmarktheaters.podbean.com. You can also check out our YouTube channel for videos of Q&As and other exclusive content. See you next time.